0: In spite of what is being taught, in spite of what is being spoken, we believe the Bible is the Word of God, inerrant and inspired. And so if you believe that, would you hold it up and would you say it with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same again. I will never be the same same again. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Would you turn with me again? Where am I turning this morning, church? John. John chapter 10. That's right. Would you turn there again? We're carrying on the series of Hearing God. We began last September. We're going to stay with it until we get it. How does that sound? You heard the story of the pastor who preached the sermon one Sunday. The next Sunday he preached it again. And people thought that was kind of funny. And he came in the next Sunday. Third one preached it again. And there was a meeting after the service. The elders got together and said, what do you think is going on? Do you think he's losing it? And they said, let's give him one more Sunday. He came back on the fourth Sunday. He preached the same message again. They had chosen one brave elder to go and talk to him after service. And after everybody was gone, he went up and he said, Pastor, I'm not sure if you're aware of it this is the fourth Sunday, you preach the same sermon. pastor looked and said, I know that. The elder said said to him, well, why have you done that? He goes, when you get it, I'll preach something different. Ouch. John chapter 10. This is our foundation verse. We've been looking at it. This is Jesus, red letter, red words. He said, beginning of verse 1, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, he is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, Because they know his voice. But they will never, say never. Never. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him. Because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. John 10. My prayer is by the time we're done, we'll all have it memorized. And can wake up in the middle of the night and say it off by heart. Last number of months we've been talking about likely the single most important and at the same time probably the most difficult, the most frustrating, the most unclear, the most confusing topic and area of our church life and that is hearing the voice of God with clarity. At the beginning of this series we talked about the countless ways that God spoke to his children all down through time and then we looked at Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this, In the latter days he has spoken to us through who? through his son. And we asked the question, wouldn't it be wonderful to have had Jesus alive on the earth permanently after his resurrection? So that like the disciples, we could listen to him teach. If we didn't understand something, we could go and ask him for clarity. If we had a question about anything, we could go and say, Jesus, I got a question. And know that we would get an answer. If we were wanting to know if it was okay to marry this person, we'd go, Jesus, you know them better than anybody. Is this the one for me? How many of our lives would have been different if we'd heard his answer? Or if we were wondering if we should buy something or not, we could say, Jesus, do you think I should get that wash machine? Or if we were looking at an investment opportunity and it looked too good to be true, but we were just drawn to it, we'd go to him and say, Jesus, have you heard about this? It's from Jamaica, but it might be okay. Or if we wanted to know what career to pursue, we would walk up to Jesus and say, Jesus, I believe there's a plan for my life. Could you tell me? Could you put me on the path? I don't want to miss it. We talked about, like the disciples, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to have Jesus in the flesh right here with us all of the time, knowing that when he talked, it was God who was talking. Well, let me tell you. If that plan would have been God's best plan for us, don't you think he would have done it? Think about it. After his resurrection, Jesus was immortal. He walked through walls and doors. He lifted off the ground, which means that even if he stayed on earth, he would have never died, he would have never gotten older, he would have been the same after in that physical state, then, 2,000 years later. Imagine. God could have chosen and it would have been physically possible. But he didn't. Why? Let me tell you just two. First one is this. Physically, how many places could Jesus be in one time? One place. Which means if this morning Jesus was in China, he could not be here with you and me And if he was here with you and me, he could not be anywhere else in the world. That is not what God wanted for his kids. In fact, that's not what he promised for us kids. He looked at his kids all down through time, and he promised them all at the same time, he said, I will be with you. That means he'll be with you and with you and with you and with you and with me. He could point to anyone and say, I will be with you all the time even if you're in different spots. How do you do that? If he was here physically, if he was here with us, he would have to leave everyone else. And if he went to Calgary to a church this morning, he's not here. His promise would have been broken. Secondly, and more importantly, finish this verse with me, would you? God is love. God is also spirit. God is spirit, not flesh. And those who have relationship with God will relate to him, not flesh to spirit, but how? Spirit to spirit. I just want to tell you I don't think I've ever seen a more frustrated person than someone who is trying to have a relationship with God, flesh to spirit. There's no greater frustration. Because you can't do it. In John chapter 4, Jesus said to the woman at the well, and would you hear this really clearly? He goes, the time is coming and now is when true worshipers, listen, true worshipers, that means that there are some worshipers who are not true. Can I say that again? That means there are some worshipers who are not true worshipers. I will never forget, and you heard me tell this story before, a pastor from Africa who is in the United States was at a church doing a conference, and they went in, and the worship began, and partway through, he gets up, he shuts everything down, and he looks at the stage, and he goes, that is flesh worship. Stop it! Worship team, can you imagine being on that morning? Let me tell you, not everybody is a true worshiper. Jesus had worshipers in his day that were not true. There were worshipers in the Old Testament that were not true. There are worshipers in the church today that are not true worshipers. Why? They're not worshiping spirit to spirit. They're trying to do it in the flesh. I want you to think about this. When Jesus was on earth, did he relate to his father flesh to spirit, or did he relate spirit to spirit. We know what he did. Filled with the spirit of God at conception, filled again when he rose out of the water at baptism, and likely every morning when he spent time with the Father, he said, spirit, fill me up. That's what Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says. Be filled. It means be continually filled with the spirit of God. Jesus related to the Father, spirit to spirit, even though he was in a human body. That is how God intended all of his children, all down through time, to relate to him, to hear him, worship him, and to be in his presence, or more accurately, to have his presence in us all the time, all across the globe. Those that are hiding out in China, worshiping, because it's illegal right now, the spirit of God and the presence of God is as powerfully there as it is in Iran, in southern Sudan, in a church in Texas, in Calgary, in Edmonton, as he is right here. How powerful that is. And from Pentecost on, we began to experience the reason Jesus said this, it is to your benefit that I go. If I stay, Holy Spirit's not coming. If I go, Holy Spirit is coming and is going to fill all of you. Wow. I want you to think about it. Before Jesus left, he talked a little bit about what Holy Spirit would do. He said when he comes, he's going to counsel you all at the same time. He's going to teach you all at the same time. He's going to convict you all at the same time. All across the globe. He will fill you with the Father's love all at the same time. It's not that I'm standing in front of Jesus waiting in line and somebody else is getting it and somebody else and all of a sudden it's Colin Stern. It's not how it works. Because of the Spirit of God, I never wait in line. You never wait in line. The last few weeks, we have been looking at the area of the stranger's voice. Coming to the place where we are recognizing that there are a plethora of voices out there that we're hearing in our minds, hearing in our spirit that are not the shepherd's voice. And those voices are trying to get you and I to listen to them and to believe them and to follow them. Let me make this really clear again. The enemy of the Good Shepherd comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy of the Good Shepherd comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his purpose. That means if he can get you and I to follow any voice other than the shepherds, steal, kill, and destroy, will be what happens. Can you imagine for a moment if we ever got a revelation that listening to a stranger and following that voice would lead to our detriment and not to our betterment? I've said this to you before. I think it should be that every time the enemy comes and wants to speak to us, he should have to stand in front of us with a red suit and horns and a pitchfork so we know who he is. It doesn't work that way. When he's standing there as an angel of light... How many will know? The Bible says that all who are led by the voice of the shepherd, the good shepherd, steal, kill, and destroy, will never touch us. Being led by the voice of the shepherd, steal, kill, and destroy, will never touch us. That's the heart of the Father for his sheep. For you and I, his sheep. I got to tell you, as I was preparing, I just, I, I stopped. I do that often. And I had to think back that as a parent to my children when they were little and even when they were older, how many times did we say to them, now, sweetheart, when you, when you go out there, don't, don't listen to the voice of a stranger, someone you don't know. Why do we say that? Why do we warn them? Why do we tell them over and over and over, don't listen to someone who is not us, someone you don't know, someone. don't listen to the stranger. Why do we say that? I'll tell you why. Because that stranger does not have a love for our children the way we do. And that stranger most times is going to our children to get something for themselves and not to pour into our child. We could talk all day about where the strangers had voice has taken our little children. i got to tell you really clearly, how many parents grieve after sending their adult children to university and after four years watch them come out as totally different people because they have listened and believed the voice of the stranger pummeled from the lectern. This morning I need to share with you, and we're just going to look at one voice. I want to remind you again, my example up here is absolutely imperfect. You don't have to send me an email or report on me. I'll, I'll say it, I'm reporting on myself. This is a imperfect picture. But the whole purpose of this is to reveal that if someone heard no strange voice and 100% of the shepherd's voice, that's only Jesus, they would walk led. The more voices that are speaking and operative in our life, the more difficult it becomes to be led by the shepherd's voice. That's all this is about. The first week we talked about our own understanding being a voice of a stranger. The next week, the voice of fear and open door. Last week we talked about the voice of mammon I want to just give you one more today. Would you write this down? The voice of human influencers. The voice of human influencers. I want you to turn with me. I need need to read a... Little longer passage of scripture to lay the foundation here. Would you turn with me to the book of First Kings? Somebody tell me what Testament that's in, old or new? Old Testament. You passed. First Kings chapter thirteen. Some of you know this story very well. Some of you, this is going to be the first time I need to read it all the way through because it lays out a principle that we cannot miss. If this is all you get today, it will be worth the entire time. Beginning at verse 1. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel, as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. He cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. Oh, altar, altar. This is what the Lord says A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who now make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. The same day the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him! But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled up, so he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart, And its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Then the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. The king said to the man of God, come home with me and have something to eat and I will give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, even if, I were to give, even if you were to give me half of your possession, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here, for I was commanded by the word of the Lord. You must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. Their father asked him, which way did he go? And his son showed him which the road the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me, and when they had saddled a donkey for him he mounted it and he rode after the man of god he found him sitting under an oak tree and he asked are you the man of god who came from judah I am he replied so the prophet said to him come home with me and eat the man of god says i cannot turn back and go with you nor can i eat bread or drink water with you in this place I had been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. And while they were sitting at the table the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back he cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah this is what the Lord says you have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God gave you you came back and you ate bread and drank water in the place where you were told not to eat and drink Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your fathers. When the man had God finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown down on the road with both the donkey and the lion standing beside it. Some people who passed by saw the body thrown down there with the lion standing beside the body, and they went and reported it in the city where the old prophet lived. You can finish the rest on your own. This morning I need to give you a number of examples to awaken us to the reality of the stranger's voice. Can I ask you this? What was the mistake the man of God made? What was the mistake when the old prophet came to him and said, I'm a prophet like you. I've received a fresh word from the Lord. In fact, an angel of the Lord appeared to me and told me, your vow is up. You can now come and eat and drink, and you're good. What should the young prophet have done? Inquired of the Lord. Can I ask you... If he did inquire, would he have heard? I want you to think about this. This young prophet heard with clarity where to go, what to say, what to speak to the altar, what to do and what not to do. He heard with absolute clarity. If he would have went to the, to the father and inquired and said, Father, is this old prophet telling me the truth or not? And the father said to him, he's lying to you? Let me tell you, because he didn't inquire, it cost him his life. I want you to hear this. When this young prophet was approached by an older prophet inside of him, he wanted to honor that old prophet. When the young prophet heard that the old prophet said, an angel of the Lord showed up to me and told me this, he wanted to honor a word from an angelic being. When he was told by the old prophet that the angel of the Lord said, you are released from your mission, He believed it. And it cost him his life. What was his mistake? He did not think the voice of an older prophet could possibly be the voice of a stranger to steal, to kill, and destroy. Let me say clearly before we carry on. As children of God, we need to come to a place where we recognize that the voice of the stranger telling us what to do or what to say or what we believe. Would you hear me clearly? At times, it's going to be the voice of our parent. At times, it's going to be the voice of our spouse. At times, it's going to be the voice of our pastor. At times, it's going to be the voice of a so-called prophet. At times, it's going to be the voice of a politician in a position to serve us. At times, it's going to be the voice of a president. At times, it's going to be the voice of a well-meaning friend who is speaking into our life. I want to give you a few examples this morning. For some of you some of this may be very hard to hear. Would you just dot, jot down we're not going to look it up but would you jot down Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 bless all of you you've got your notepads your pens you're writing it down you're moving from 3% to 85 just by taking notes. Matthew chapter 16 verse 35 we've looked at it before Jesus asked a question to his disciples. He said, who do people say that I am? And they listed off a bunch of things. And then all of a sudden Peter says, Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, yes, Peter, my father revealed it to you. Flesh and blood didn't, my father. Then Jesus talked about going to Jerusalem, about suffering, about dying. And Peter, his number one disciple, his rock, the one who he would be entrusting the building of his church on when he left. I love this. Peter takes him, walks off to the side with him. And can I just say this? This is so beautiful. Jesus, Peter didn't do this in front of everybody. Parents, when you deal with your children, take them privately. When you're dealing with your spouse, take them privately. Don't do it publicly. Don't shame them. Peter had no desire to shame Jesus. He took him privately. He said, Jesus, never, Lord. That will never happen. Let me ask you, in that moment, what is Peter's voice? The number one, the rock. Was Peter's voice the voice of the shepherd or the voice of the stranger? It is hard to think about Peter's voice being the voice of a stranger. We know what Jesus said. He made it pretty clear. He said, Get behind me, Satan. He said, right now, your voice, the voice of a stranger, is the voice of Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Can I just say this to you? When anybody is speaking to you or me, and in their mind is the things of men and not the things of God, you go, stranger. Because of Holy Spirit inside of Jesus, he recognized instantly the stranger's voice even when it came out of Peter's mouth. So what did Jesus do? He shut it down. He rebuked it. He didn't listen to it. And he did not follow it. Would you write down Genesis chapter 16? We know the story again. Abraham and Sarah had no children. Sarah was struggling with that. Even though they had a promise with God, they had no kids 25 years before Isaac came. In the middle of that somewhere, Sarah comes to Abraham and says, Abraham... I want a child. Since I can't get pregnant, here is my servant girl, Hagar, you take her, you sleep with her, I'll have a child through here. Let me ask you, in that moment, was Sarah's voice the voice of the shepherd or the voice of the stranger? I want to tell you, and we don't want to think about we don't want to think about the fact that at times the voice of our spouse is the voice of the stranger. Let me say that again. There are times when the voice of our spouse is the voice of the stranger. I want to tell you honestly, and I'm there too. I want to listen to my spouse. I want to hear her. I want to honor her. I want to follow her voice so that she feels respected and loved by me. But what happens when her voice is the stranger's voice. What happens when it is telling me to do something that is off? What happens when it's asking me to do something that's not right? I want to ask you this. How many husbands... Including the smartest and the dumbest man who ever lived on the face of the earth, 300 wives, 700 concubines, how many husbands have been misled by the voice of their spouse? And let me ask you how many wives have been misled by the voice of their spouse? Can you think about it for a minute? After Pentecost, the church was growing like crazy. And there was a couple under the teaching and preaching of the disciples who were impacted by the message of God. And Ananias goes to Sapphira and he says, sweetheart, I believe that we are to sell all of our land and give it to the work of the church. And his wife goes, I think that's a great idea. I'm I'm getting the same sense. They start putting it all together, and all of a sudden Ananias gets hit with a little bit and goes, you know, what What happens if we give it all and, and we got nothing left? He goes to Sapphira, and he says, Sapphira. What, what would you think? We, we sold our land for like 100,000. What would you think if, if we gave them 90 and we just hung on to 10? I want you to imagine in that moment if his wife... And how many wives with husbands coming with a financial decision or an investment decision or a money decision, they're going, you know, I, I think we should do this. Can you imagine for a moment if Sapphira would have said to him, Ananias, just let me, let me inquire of the Lord. And Sapphira goes to God and said, God, is, is my husband speaking from you right now or is that a stranger's voice that's trying to take us off track? And the Holy Spirit says, Sapphira, I spoke to both of you and said, give all the money and I will look after you. Do not compromise from that word. Can you imagine if Sapphira would have went back and said, Ananias, the Lord told you and I to give it all. I understand the fear. I understand if we give it all away. I understand that we'll have nothing left. But God said, if we give it away, he'll look after us. How many wives have been seduced by the voice of their husband to make decisions that have taken them into disaster. I want to tell you really clearly, there are times when the voice of our spouse is the voice of the stranger. When I go to my wife and I share something with her, I don't expect her to blindly go, yeah, you're the husband, yeah, you're the head, yeah, whatever you say, let's just go. I don't expect that. What I'm looking for is I'm looking for my spouse to go to the Lord, inquire of him, find out if what I'm saying is really of the Lord, if it is, to have a double-confirmed, come back and go, call, I went to the Lord, that's exactly what the Lord said, let's do it, awesome. But I also want her to go to the Lord and inquire, and if she gets something different, go, Lord says, right now, call is the voice of the stranger. That, that, that wasn't me he heard. That wasn't my leading. That wasn't my counsel. I expect my wife to come back and go call. I'm not getting the same thing. And then I have the ability to go back to the Lord and say, Father, did I miss it? And I can't tell you how many times the Lord has said, Yeah, you missed it, call Praise God, my wife did not follow my voice. I want you to hear it. The enemy using the husband's voice to have the wife do things that are not of God but are for his benefit. We don't want to think that way but we have to. Let me ask you, and you know this what would Abraham, if he had God, went to God and said, God, is Sarah speaking from you? Was it your idea? for me to sleep with the servant girl and get pregnant and give Sarah, was that your idea, God? What would Abraham have heard? Abraham, for Sarah, this is a good idea. But it's not my idea. Not every good idea is a God idea. And can you imagine for a moment if Abraham would have went back to his wife one question, one answer would have changed the entire world that we know today. Would you write down Daniel chapter 3? Daniel chapter 3. The story of the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar we know that he built a statue of himself he called everybody to worship it, he gave the command and said when you hear the music, when you hear the trumpets when you hear the lute, when you hear all the stuff going on that is your signal, that is when you fall down and you worship it can I ask you this, what did Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego do? they recognized the voice of the stranger was being spoken through the king speaking through the president, speaking through the prime minister, and they did not bow. I want to tell you again. We want to obey our leaders. We want to honor those in authority over us. We want to listen and to trust their words. We want to esteem the position that they are in. But there are times when their voice is the voice of the stranger, leading us into things of men and not the things of God. I want to make this incredibly clear today. Can I say this? We are in a day-to-day no different than any other time in history. Don't think this is a unique time. This is no different than Daniel's day, no different than Jesus' day, no different than any other time in history. A day when there will be those who are led by the voice of a leader because they are the leader and they believe that whatever the leader says, you just do it. But I want to tell you, in every day, all down through time, there are those who have asked the question, Father, is that your voice being spoken through that leader? Are those your words? When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego recognized the voice of a stranger coming through the king, they did not bow. Daniel recognized the voice of the stranger when he was told, for 30 days, all you have to do is pray to the king. He recognized the voice was a stranger's voice. What did he do? He went back to his house, he opened up the curtain, he knelt down by the window that he always does, and he began to pray to the God of God, not to the king. Jesus recognized the voice of the stranger, and he did not bow. As God's sheep, we need to recognize that at times the voice of our political leaders is the voice of a stranger. That is true today. It was true yesterday. It was true 2,000 years ago. It was true 5,000 years ago. But if we don't recognize it, we will follow the wrong voice. Would you write down Matthew chapter 23? Can I ask you, is it possible that the voice of the pastor behind the pulpit, the voice of the religious leader, the voice of those who speak for God on earth, could it ever be possible that out of their voice comes the voice of the stranger? I want you sometime to read through Matthew chapter 23, beginning of verse 13. Let me just give you a quick summation. Jesus went and said, Woe to you teachers of the law and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Verse 15, you Pharisees, woe to you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Verse 16, woe to you blind guides. Verse 23, woe to you hypocrites. Verse 25, woe to you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Verse 27, woe to you teachers of the law, you hypocrites. Verse 29, woe to you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Wow! What is Jesus saying? He is saying that just because someone says they are speaking, thus saith the Lord, does not mean it is thus saith the Lord. Just because a prophet comes and says, thus saith the Lord. Just because a religious teacher says, thus saith the Lord. Just because a pastor says, thus saith the Lord. Just because the Pope says, thus saith the Lord. Just because a bishop over a thousand churches says, thus saith the Lord. doesn't mean that they are the voice of the shepherd. No! They may actually be the voice of the stranger leading people astray. A couple of weeks ago, I shared with you and Jane and I were called to Kamloops to pastor. The pastor of the church, he was the president of the Canadian wide church at that time, he said... He said, the Lord told him that we were to come to Kamloops. Jane and I inquired of the Lord. The Lord said, no. Can I ask you a question? If we would have listened to his words, because he was the man of God, because he was the president of this large church, because he was an older man of God, and we wanted to honor him, can I ask you, would we have been led by the voice of the shepherd or by the voice of a stranger? If we would have listened to his words because he was a man of God, we would have been led by the voice of a stranger. Can I ask you how many men and women are standing behind pulpits this morning and what is coming out of their mouth is the voice of a stranger? Could you tell? Could you pick it up? I will never forget a number of years ago at the Believers Conference in one of his messages. Kenneth Copeland was sharing about something, and let me say this is probably one of his least quoted statements from the haters that are out there. This is his least quoted. You'll never hear it. It's too bad. It's not just the media that edits what people say. Haters do it too. Kenneth Copeland, he was talking about something. He looked at us and he said, I don't want you to believe this just because I'm saying it. In fact, I don't want you to believe anything simply because I say it. He goes, no, no. You go to the Word of God. If it's there, you believe it because of the Word and not because I said it. How many times have you heard that quoted? Edit that out, haters. Haters. If it is not there, throw it away. That is what God's sheep are called to do, not just because they believe the words of so-called shepherds, because they go to the word of God and they find it. Would you write down Acts chapter 17? We are called to do what the Bereans did. The Bible records the Bereans, they received the message of Paul with great eagerness, but they examined the scriptures every day to find out if what Paul was saying was true. Can I ask you this? How many times have you been to a place and you listened to the person speaking, you went back home, and you looked it up to find out if what they were saying was true? I want to tell you again. We want to believe the prophets. We do. I want to tell you again, we want to believe the pastors. We want to believe the priests. We want to believe the religious leaders who are so-called speaking from God. But can I tell you, we need to know when their voice is the voice of a stranger or the voice of the shepherd. Can you tell? Do you know? Don't you ever believe what I say because I say it. You go to the word. You check out the logos, you inquire of God for the rhema, and you believe it because of the word of God, not because of the word of Colin or the priest or the pope or the bishop or anybody else. And when you find that word of the Lord, you keep it, you listen to it, and you obey it. If you don't, you throw it out like trash. One last one, really quick. And maybe this is the most difficult one of all. I will never forget a number of years ago when Craig Hill, in his Ancient past seminar, made a statement, and he said this. At times, he said, our parents are the agents of the enemy, and they don't even know it. He said, at times, our parents are the agents of the enemy, and they don't even know it. Parents, I'm going to ask you to listen very clearly to what I'm going to say. What did Craig Hill mean? He meant this. He said, unless our parents are saying to us the same things that God would say to us, our parents are the voice of a stranger, and we are not to follow it. Let me say that again. Unless our parents are telling us the same things that God would tell us, their voice is the voice of a stranger, and we are not to follow the voice of our parent. I could give you a thousand examples, but I want to share one with you. For many years, when I first came to Camrose, I had the privilege of teaching religious education in our public schools, grade five students. One year when it came to Halloween, the whole topic came up about ghosts and about Halloweening and trick-or-treating and doing the whole deal, and the kids had all kinds of questions, and so we took a whole class to talk about that. But one of the students in the midst of it raised their hand, and he said, Pastor Colin. He said, what do we do... If our parents say it is okay to watch horror movies with them. And they said, after I sit down and watch horror movies, they said, I have nightmares. I have to leave my light on. I'm afraid of the dark. A bunch of the kids said, I even see things moving in my room. They said, What do we do? Let me ask you, what do we do when our parent, who we are to trust and we believe has our best interest in mind, what do we do when they tell us we can do things that we know are not good for us? They tell us to believe things that aren't true. They tell us words about us that don't make us feel good. Let me say this very carefully. If we believe that the voice of our parent is the voice of the Good Shepherd all the time, we are in trouble. But if we believe that the voice of our parent at times is the voice of the stranger without them even knowing it, and I want to say this, at times parents know it. They know they're not talking right. They know they're not saying what's right. They know that they're telling us to do things that are right. but most times they don't even know it. When that happens from our parents, there is something we can do about it. Let me tell you what I told that nine-year-old boy. I said to them, the entire class, and I'll tell you, it was amazing. I said, even at nine years of age, Instead of you just following blindly, as your parents sit down and watch this movie and say, "Son, come on over. Let's watch. Let's watch Friday the Thirteenth. Let's watch Freddy Krueger twist his head. Let's watch Amityville Horror. Let's watch." And those things are minor compared to the garbage that's out there today. Instead of just following along, you, as a nine-year-old, just pull yourself away and go, "God, is this something I should be doing?" Can a nine-year-old hear the voice of the shepherd when they ask? Can a nine-year-old who sees his father drunk and stumbling around and treating his mom like garbage go, God, is this what you are wanting me to emulate or are you wanting something? Can a nine-year-old pick that up? That entire class, we stayed over the lunch hour. We stayed over the whole next class. The principal of the school kept everybody out had a chance to minister in that class, had the ability to break off demonic spirits, that had entered into those children because the parents had opened doors that allowed the demonic to come in, gave those kids the authority who went back into their rooms and spoke to the demonic, and they were gone. And kids came back with reports like the disciples going, can I tell you what happened, Pastor? How many times will someone say to you, do not listen to the voice of your parent because it might be a stranger? I want to tell you this. I wish the words of parents that were not right and not healthy and not godly and not the voice of the shepherd, I wish when we were 18 years of age and we walked out the door to begin living in, I wish all those words just dropped to the ground dead and had no impact in our life. Wouldn't that be amazing? doesn't work that way. some of us are still deeply impacted by the words spoken by a parent that were not from God. They were a stranger's voice and we have wrestled with it our entire life. Why don't I love me? Why is my self-esteem in the toilet? Why do I keep injuring myself? Why do I don't like me? Let me tell you this. If a nine-year-old boy can go to God and say, are the words of my parent from you and hear no, and they go, no thanks, Mom and Dad, I'm going to go in my room and play. If a nine-year-old can do it, can anybody else who is affected by the words of the parent go to the father and say, Father, those words that are affecting my life, were they from you? And if not, I'm going to throw them away. And God, would you replace them with words from you, words of life, words of hope, words from the good shepherd that will lead to blessing and not stealing, killing, and destroying. If a nine-year-old can do it, anybody can do it. Jesus said this. My sheep will recognize my voice, and my sheep will recognize a stranger's voice, even if it's coming out of their spouse, even if it's coming out of their prime minister, even if it's coming out of the prophet, even if it's coming out of the pastor, even if it's coming out of the parent, my sheep will recognize it as a stranger's voice. The sons and daughters of God are led by what? The Spirit of God. The heart of the Father is for you and I to remove every voice and to get to a point where the only voice we hear is the voice of the shepherd. Possible? Impossible for you and I, but with God? 50% of things are possible. All things. All things. I encourage you to believe with me that every voice, whether it's ten or a hundred, will be silenced. And we walk here. Would you bow with me this morning? Zach, are you? Would you bow with me? This morning I first want to speak to Anybody through the course of this service who recognizes that there has never been a time in your life where you have made the decision to place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, and become one of his sheep. You're an orphan, and you know it. And you have been led your entire life by all kinds of voices because you don't even recognize or know the Shepherd's voice. Today, that can change. The Bible tells us very clearly that if we believe in our heart that God sent Jesus to the cross of Calvary and put on him all of your sin and that he raised him from the dead, you can be saved. Jesus used the term being born again. If that is you today, I invite you to pray with me. It'll be my words, but it'll be your heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me Thank you for paying the price for my sin and for rising again from the dead. As an act of my will, I invite you to come into my life. I ask you to be my Savior. Forgive me. And I ask you to be my Lord. Lead me. Fill me with your Spirit. And empower me to be led by your voice alone. If you have prayed that prayer, I want to say, Welcome to the family of God. We'd love to hear from you. For those of you this morning, as we have been talking about the voice of a stranger coming through the voice of those who've been an authority and influencers in our life. And today you recognize that their words spoken to you, whether a parent, whether a pastor, whether a politician. You have taken those words, you have believed them, and you have been made, you, you've been led by them. You've made decisions based on them. And today you recognize they were not the voice of God. They were the voice of the stranger. For some of you today, you know that the voice of your spouse has caused you to make decisions and lead you to places that God never wanted you to go. Today we have the ability to undo that. It always begins with repentance. Saying, Father, forgive me. I did not inquire. I did not ask you if it was you or a stranger. I just went with it. I just believed it forgive me the Bible says if we confess he's faithful and just to forgive if you have confessed and asked forgiveness he's forgiven and I want to encourage you this morning I want to encourage you to express again to your father and say father the cry of my heart is to be led by your voice alone The cry of my heart is to become so sensitive to the voice. doesn't matter who it's spoken. Even if my pastor is speaking it to me, if it's not from you, I need to pick it up. I need to know it. Bring me to the place where I will recognize and run from the stranger's voice. Run from it! As I was preparing and listening to the Lord... Lord said to me, Colin, there is a pile of my children who are still living under the words of their parent. Words that were not from me. And they're 40 years of age, they're 60 years of age, they're 80 years of age, and those words are still stealing and killing and destroying in their life because they were a stranger's voice and not mine. Father said today, I want to undo that. I want to undo that. I want to replace the lie with the truth. I want to heal the wound of the words of a stranger spoken through a parent into your life. For some of you, the words of a spouse spoken, wounding into your life. Holy spirit right now. Right now you know every heart, you know every life. You know those that are carrying the wounds and the hurt and the brokenness from the shepherd's voice, from the from the stranger's voice, you know them. And Jesus, you said you came to heal the brokenhearted. You came to undo what the enemy had done right now in the life of every one of your children who has been wounded by the stranger's words, would you minister healing? Would you reveal the lie to be a lie? Would you reveal the lie to be a lie? And Father, as they come to you and as they seek the truth, the truth, the voice of the shepherd, the only truth about them, would you open their ears to hear with clarity and let your truth set them free? Some of you, you need to deal with words that were spoken to you by pastors and leaders, spiritual leaders that were not from God and you've been deeply affected by them. This message doesn't end today. If you allow the Spirit of God in every area to reveal the stranger's voice to undo it and replace it with the truth, he will do it. Father, I release a grace right now over every person who's going to have that transition in their life. A grace for them to be open, a grace for them to recognize, a grace for them to be delivered, a grace for them to be healed, a grace for them to come to a place of distinguishing the difference. Regardless of who it's spoken by, distinguishing the voice of the shepherd and the voice of the stranger. Do your work, Holy Spirit. Do your work. As a child of God, today I declare to you the words of the Good Shepherd, spoken over you as his child. Would you receive his blessing? The Lord bless you today and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and fill you full of his peace and the clarity to hear his voice. I declare that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody receiving said, amen. God bless you today. Have an awesome week. Thank you again for joining us for service. We'll see you next Sunday, 10 o'clock.